Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my host, Robert. Robert, are you doing okay? You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not great. Uh, this uh, whole Sean Payton thing is not, not the best case scenario for us to, for the year for me. I mean, it was a hard enough season with y'all having all the injuries, um, <laughs> like nearly making the playoffs, still showing how great of a coach Sean Payton is, and then he says, "I just can't do it anymore." I. I really am feeling for you, and honestly, the NFL lost a great coach today. It sounds like he'll be back at some point, but I got to think probably not in um, probably not New Orleans. No, definitely, definitely not New Orleans. Uh, so obviously, that's a huge blow. But hopefully, Dennis Allen's the coach. He's my my top pick, uh, or maybe Brian Flores is my is my the top pick. But so Dennis Allen, yeah, he's the defensive coordinator there, and he's he's really really turned that defense around uh, since they hired them a few years ago, huh, Robert? Yeah, that's the big reason the defense kind of got that turnaround. Um, ever since he took over, he's been able to do that, uh, along with the front office helping with the picks. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I feel like they're probably going to go with the defensive coach, but uh, we'll, we, we shall see. We shall see. All right. Should we talk about this playoff weekend? Yes. Yeah, so what did you think? So I don't want to be the prisoner a moment, but in my viewing lifetime, that was the best weekend of football I've ever had. The fact I feel the uh, 49ers Packers game was the quote unquote bad game, which to me, you know, kicking field goal to win the game in Lambeau at night, frozen field, Aaron Rodgers, maybe last game of his career. Like that's the worst game. Are you kidding? That was amazing. I've never seen a choke job like the Rams. And they, I'm so happy that they pulled it off because I was not looking forward to having to take them, take the Falcons off of their throne as the biggest choke job in sports. And thank you to the Rams for not choking all the way. So I'm a huge Pats fan, and I'm still a big fan of Tom Brady. And I'm watching this game, and I'm talking to my brother. I'm talking to my father. I'm talking to you. And I just remember... You know, we were basically, me and my brother and my dad, huge Pats fans. We we love to talk about the game. And we're basically reminiscing, like, how oh, Tom Brady, like, what a career. It's finally over. At least my dad thought it was. I was like, come on. he's pl-. Me and my brother, like, he's playing so well, you know. 40 touchdowns, like, nearly the MVP this season. And and then all of a sudden it's like second half Tom Brady magic. Is it you know? Let's let's not pretend like Tom Brady was the one who made that comeback. Oh, the 49ers or the Rams fumbled that ball like four times to easily make it possible. Well, that was the thing. It's like I'm watching this just complete just I don't even know what's the word, destruction, like choke. I don't even know. Um of of LA in the second half. It started right at the very end of the first half with Akers fumbling on the one. Um, but I'm, I'm like in disbelief at first. It's like, okay, they're just playing sloppy, you know, whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like just quintessential, you know, conspiracy theories that, oh, we have to like get Tom Brady to win. So they're, you know, making sure that happens. Is this Tom Brady, like voodoo magic that he's cursed them or, you know, then like it, some Pats fans, I'm not going to say that, but some will be like, oh, the pressure from Tom Brady coming back, it, you know, it made them tight and they made dumb plays. It's a little much for me. But yeah, like I, 
I said to you at some point, I'm like, this is just silly. Like, what is actually happening? Yeah, I, I mean, I was watching the game and I was just like, everybody, I'm not looking forward to everybody crowding Brady again for this comeback, even right. though he played a small part of it. The defense was absolutely incredible. Incredible. Until the last series of the game, obviously. Yeah, that was... Man, would I love to be in a, you know, the film breakdown and the defensive team meeting of that. Like, what the heck were they doing? Like, slot corner was on a blitz, and yet he was, what, four yards off the line? Like, were they not ready for the play? Did they just complete, did Bulls call a horrible play? Like, what, what the heck was that? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as bad as, the Kansas City being able to go up the field to get a field goal in 13 seconds. Almost. Not as bad. I mean, that I was ready to crown that the greatest game I had watched. And then 13 seconds happened. Yep. Like. Yeah, I think I, this is clearly the best week in football, at least that I can remember. This was amazing. So I think the biggest two storylines coming out of it are the old quarterbacks and the young quarterbacks. Are Brady's and Rodgers done? Are are Burrow, Allen, and and Mahomes like? Is it finally their time that they are just clearly the the class of the league? Just imagine being on the NFC right now and seeing like all these great great quarterbacks in the AFC and thinking, you know, how are we going to win a Super Bowl against these guys? Like, how are you going to beat Mahomes or? you know, Allen or Herbert or Lamar or, you know, Burrow, like all these guys, like, man, if you, don't, if you don't have an elite quarterback in the, in the AFC right now, you might as well just go ahead and rebuild. Yeah. That was my thought. You know, I would love to be in the NFC. You know why? Cause I only got to beat one of them every year. Yeah. Right. Imagine being the Denver Broncos. You have this fantastic roster and you say, not only in the division do I have to get by Mahomes slash Herbert, oh, yeah, the other quarterbacks in this conference to get to the Super Bowl are, like you said, Lamar, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow. Like, you kidding? It, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the next 10 years of, of AFC football. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be incredible to watch. So with that note, though, did you want to go ahead and jump into the first of the AFC contenders that don't have an elite quarterback? <laughs> yes. Yes, let's, uh, let's discuss the Tennessee Titans. So speaking of quarterback, all right, so Ryan Tannehill. Recency biased, a lot of people are shitting on Ryan Tannehill. He didn't have a good game. He had three picks. He... He played poorly. I'm not giving them any pass at all. Uh, Ryan Tannehill turns 34 in July. The thing is, is Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022, like no doubt about it. Their dead cap is $57 million. For next season, for the 2023 season, if they cut him, it's 18.8. So it's possible he's not there in 23, but I still think it's likely. So for me, in a Superflex league, I actually like Tannehill quite a bit, especially right now if I'm trading for them because stock is down hard. 
So the last two years when they were the full starter in Tennessee, QB8 and QB12. Two QB1 seasons. Their startup draft ranking right now on Sleeper is QB21. If I'm competing, I would really like Ryan Tannehill to be my second QB. If Ryan Tannehill is your first QB in one QB or in um, or, or in Superflex, you're, you're in a bad spot, especially, obviously, if you're in Superflex, please just break everything down to the rafters and start over. How about you? Do you have uh, a little bit of hope with Ryan Tannehill in fantasy like me, or are you all the way out? I mean, in fantasy, he's a solid asset. Um, okay. You know, he's not elite by any means, but he's in that like average tier, right? I think more so just in terms of, you know, general football, it's one of those cautionary tales of overpaying for an average quarterback. It's in the same ballpark as, you know, the golf signing and stuff like that. You know, you're overpaying for this guy off of, off of one decent season where he had a bunch of weapons around him and they had extremely good play action offense. So now you kind of handicapped yourself. You can't address the the quarterback position. They have he's fine though. He's fine. Yes. They I mean they were the one seed for a reason. I think they have a really good floor. Tennessee has a great floor but a low ceiling. And that's why, right? Good, good floor is great in the regular season, 17 games, you're going to win a lot of games. When you don't have a high floor a high ceiling, you're not going to win a lot of playoff games. But they also contract, had a terrible division. And we'll get into the other teams in the division, but the, yeah. these teams aren't good. Yeah. With that contract, he is locked in. So they can't, you know, it's kind of foolish for them to try and get a rookie at this point unless they're really going for a project. Um, I want to play a quick name game uh, in terms of who you would rather have in Dynasty. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. Or these are all against Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. I'm going to take Ryan Tannehill because I know what's going on with the contract. All right. Derek Carr. I'd rather Derek Carr. Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill. Zach Wilson. Oh, I like my Zach Wilson. I'll take okay. Zach Wilson. Brady. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Tua. Ryan Tannehill. Okay. So all of those quarterbacks drafted and start up right around them to a Brady, Zach Wilson and, and cousins are currently going off the board prior to them. So that's kind of my point about the value right there is the only one out of there you wanted over. Uh, yeah. And I think Brady, Brady just, was Brady just depends on it. You know, if you're competing right now or if you're, you know, in a rebuild, I, even if you, you know, are, I mean, you're only getting a year, maybe two. It sounds like you're not case. worried about him retiring. I mean, I'm worried I, that I he, feel like after he's retiring, lost, you're going to get nothing. After he lost that game, I was like, oh, you know, there's no way this dude's retiring. You know what? I felt like that, right? I'm a Pats fan. His last game in New England, that's what I felt. I'm like, there's no way. And I had hope he might come back. Um, well, he did come back just to a different team. Sorry, to my team. <laughs> the pain is real. But we're, we're saved. Uh, Mac Jones is good. But um, I don't know. I, you know, I guess every year it's more likely Tom Brady finally retires. Certainly, I wouldn't be surprised if he does another year. I mean, they have a good team. The man's playing phenomenally. He certainly can play in the league. This is not going to be a Big Ben situation. Um, but who knows? So, yeah, that's the risk. You know, if you really want to go for it, Brady, and try and have top five QB, okay. But uh, I'd prefer to have Tannehill, who's going to give you 
kind of similar numbers and going to give it to you for at least two seasons. Yeah, Brady's a riskier pick. This is just my opinion on that. All right. Is that enough for uh, Tannehill? Yeah. The next up is Derrick Henry. You know, he's he was running back 21 in eight games played. Uh, he's still a top probably three. In how back. many games played? Can you say that eight. again? Eight. Eight. Isn't that yeah. insane? Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. He's he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, but but he didn't look the same in that playoff game. And now you could say that that's rust, or maybe you know the maybe the workhorse role is kind of catching up to him. I lean towards being rust. Um, but you you know it's something to consider at least. Yeah, I I agree. Derrick Henry didn't look great, but honestly, how different. From that game, minus the one to two big plays that they break from every you know good game Henry has. Henry has a lot of three-yard, four-yard, two-yard rushes, and then boom, 65-yard touchdown. Like, you know, he, he just couldn't quite break it. Um, and I give Cincinnati defense a lot of credit. They played a really good football game. I'm not worried about the workload slowing down Henry, at least for this game that we saw. I think of it just not playing football in the injury with the foot not being quite right. I think that's a lot more like going forward. That's the question for me. You know, are we concerned about Derrick Henry's health going forward? So that's another good segue, though, too, is who's the who's the backup? Um, personally, I think they, re- they should resign uh, Dante Foreman on a low-money deal. They proved that they were very capable to run the same style offense effectively. I think some interesting names in there too is, is Darrington Evans. You know, he's been hurt the last two years, so who knows what he's got. And that's, you know, it's a cautionary tale of any running back. I was huge, super high on Darrington Evans when he was coming out of college and he hasn't been on the field ever. So, you know, but, but what if he comes back healthy and what if he's able to, to actually, you know, put up a full season uh, maybe he could be the the backup running back there. I'm not holding out hope for for Evans personally. If you want to hold him as a you know bottom of the bench stash, go for it. Um, I, if you're going to purchase them, you know if you're going to trade for him, you could probably get him off the waivers at this point. Yeah, I was going to say do not give up anything at all. Like I wouldn't even give up a fourth, and probably wouldn't even give up a fifth. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's so unlikely, honestly, just with him yeah, getting I, back to be a full health. Like personally, I don't want years him off. on my roster. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just an interesting topic, right? Just with Darrington yeah. Evans being there, you know, Dante Foreman's probably the best backup that they that they have currently on the roster. But I think they should look into bringing somebody else in, so being bringing in like a um, we talked about him last week, uh, Jarnis Johnson. I think they'd be a good fit. I just wonder if you could get more. I think Darren Johnson is going to cost a lot more money than Dante Foreman. Is my point. So that's why I say bring back Dante Foreman. You know he works with the team. You have a relationship. It's going to be cheaper. But hey, sure, if you want to bring a better back, because I think Darren Johnson is definitely a better back. Sure. And hey, Darren Johnson becomes a really good handcuff because we've seen they can handle workload. So if Derek Henry does have serious uh, injury issues going forward, Darren Johnson could be very legit here. So I actually think so. This. I think the Titans are one of the biggest fluxes in fantasy football. You have so many free agents across this entire roster and a few different holes, including the backup running back, the backup wide receivers. They don't have any tight ends on the roster. 
you know, so who, so what does this offense look like in fantasy, you know, a year from now? I think that's the question. In general, I think it's pretty simple. Derrick Henry's a stud. AJ Brown's a stud. Brian Tannehill's a super flex asset and everyone else stay away. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that's pretty much, you know, the big, the big thing. I don't think Julio Jones is ever going to be the same player he was in Atlanta again. Um, I think age has finally caught up to him and I think he's on the downswing of his career. And so, you know, you're looking at just a bunch of guys. Yeah. Before we get into receivers, I do want to steer back a little bit to Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry just turned 28 this month, January of 22. Uh, They have two more years on contract. The thing is with Derrick Henry is they have 3 million in dead cap after 2022. So if Henry doesn't show that there's still King Henry, I would think they cut him because he has got a big cap number. So Derrick Henry for me, unless you're a true contender. And real quick, talk about true contender versus contender, quote unquote. To me, unless you look at all the rosters right now in your league, and it's not obvious that you're one of the three to four best, you're not a contender. If you're just somewhere in the middle of the road, you're not a contender. That's the way I see it. So unless you clearly have one of the best rosters, if not the best, Derrick Henry shouldn't be on your roster, in my opinion. Trade him to one of the people that do. Grab draft picks, grab young players, grab a receiver, whatever it is. That's my thought with Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Selling Derrick Henry for as much as you can get him right now is probably going to be your best bet until you see a Christian McCaffrey situation, which Christian McCaffrey's value went from being dynasty number one by a mile to I think you could get Chris McCaffrey for a pretty, pretty good price right now. And, but I don't know if I'd even want to get him for that price, but we'll get into Chris McCaffrey later. But I think Derrick Henry is going to see that same downward slope. Yeah. If you believe that this is the time to sell Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry still RB nine coming off the board of startup drafts. Mixon, Barkley, Chubb, JK Dobbins, Akers, Antonio Gibson, they're all coming off the board after Derrick Henry. If I'm not competing, I would want every one of those running backs other than Barkley over Mixon. Not that I don't prefer Barkley over or Henry. Honestly, they're really close. We'll see what happens in New York going forward. But to me, they're the similar asset. They're a super talented player. That's that's older or a little bit older, so I only want them on a contending roster. Yeah, and another issue too with the Titans is they only have they they don't have their second round pick, so they only they have a first round pick and their third round pick. So you're not even necessarily able to adjust some of the, to address some of those holes that you have on your roster because they need they need some more talent at wide receiver. They do, they do, uh, they do project to have an extra fourth with a compensatory pick so that helps a little bit um but yeah missing the second hurts honestly as an organization i'm not worried about tennessee as long as derrick henry can come back and be solid even if he's not king henry 2000 yard 15 plus touchdown derrick henry as long as he's a still a really really good nfl running back i'm not worried about tennessee because i think mike variable is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I really like Vrabel. So as an organization, I think they'll be all right. 
Um, obviously, right? AJ Brown, Tara Kendra, the two best players, have had hin- history. Have, at least Henry has recent history injuries. But the two of them, they have hi- his, uh, injury issues. Excuse me. So are you are you like worried that this is going to be like a first to worst type of situation within the division? First to worst? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. Well, so like, so this I'll put it this way. I think I'll, I'll use an NBA reference for the NBA fans out there. So the Tennessee Titans are like that perennial four through eight seed in the NBA where they have 0% chance of actually winning a title, but they're going to continue to just be in the playoffs when they probably should just blow it up. See, that makes way more sense to me. Okay. So my next question was going to be, so you're just worried about their ceiling and that's, exactly Oh yeah, they're not going to win a title. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree. This is not a Super Bowl roster. I'm sorry. It's just not at this time. It's not, they're going to need to really make some big moves. Most likely almost assuredly change the quarterback for that to be a thing. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback is King in the AFC. It's true. So are we ready to talk about AJ Brown? Yeah, I don't have much to talk about with him. You know, the big thing is just the injury concern, you know, Hopefully he can get that rec- rectified. Um, but other than that, you know, he's still one of the best wide receivers in football. I am such a fan of AJ Brown. A lot of people seem to be jumping off ship a little bit with the injury history. The wide receiver seven off the board and sleeper ADP startup. I just want to throw this out there. Now, this is no projection. You can't just assume that they're going to be the same players. And it has nothing to do with the fact that Julio Jones now is a Tennessee Titan. But they're both superstar receivers that had injury issues in the beginning of their career. For those that you remember, Julio Jones and A.J. Green were the superstar wide receivers that came out the draft together. Kind of like you'll right, Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Chase will always be com- compared, right? Um, so Julio Jones missed 14 games in their first three seasons in the NFL. The next six, they missed four games. That's what I'm hoping with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is a very tough dude. In 2020, A.J. Brown had a busted knee in the second week of the season, and he played through the rest of the year, missing only limited time, right? That whole viral video where he was doped up on anesthetics as he was going to surgery. Someone caught it on camera, and he was talking and bragging about it. Not really bragging, but just acknowledging it. Um, every, I'm, a lot of people have seen that. So I love A.J. Brown as a buy. Um, if we're going to really talk, right, you do too. If The only thing more to talk about A.J. Brown is if we're going to do a comparison to other dynasty wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's just like how much do you think that injury history is going to play in it? And that's just your, that is your personal decision of whether you should buy or sell in, Antonio or well, AJ Brown, not Antonio Brown. Don't buy uh, Antonio Brown, folks. Yeah, yeah, don't buy Antonio Brown. But AJ Brown, you know, if he if you think that injury history is going to be clean eventually, then you need to buy Antonio AJ Brown. I just said Antonio Brown again. AJ um, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just real quick, age. They haven't even turned twenty five yet. They turned twenty five in June. So still super young player. We should be able to get five years and to get seven to eight is not ridiculous at all so hope the injury uh, bug goes away a little bit but the thing is is even with all the injuries aj brown's been very productive wide receiver 21 12 and 32 overall 
for the season in their career. And that's obviously they're much better in a points per game because of the missed games. And we talked about Henry a little bit too. And that actually does factor in for AJ Brown. If Derrick Henry starts to perform worse, then AJ Brown becomes a better option in that offense because he's going to have to get more targets. He's going to have to be a more focal point of that offense. That's true. Because AJ Brown's been one of the most efficient wide receivers in football since he've joined the league. 84, 106, 105 targets in their three seasons. Those are those are are tiny numbers. The last two seasons, those are T. Higgins numbers. Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, 169 targets. Cooper Cup, 190 plus, right? We're not going to get those numbers with an A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill type offense. But even if we could get, you know, 120, 130 to get into that Jamar Chase range of targets, right? I think they're pretty close in efficiency. I This would be A.J. Brown as a top eight dynasty, or not dynasty, but in-season wide receiver. So... In some ways, as an AJ Brown owner and not a Derrick Henry owner, kind of hoping the Kings, you know, takes a slight step back. I don't have anything else for the the Titans. Uh, you know, we kind of touched on the tight ends a little bit. Like, you know, there's not there's not on the roster for next year. So, how that plays out, you know, I I have zero idea. You know, I I would stay away from all of them. Yeah, I have no interest in in tight ends. The only thing I just have to ask out of the respect of the career of Julio Jones is so you there's no situation in in fantasy that you would want them other than redraft, perhaps. I mean, I'm I would probably take him for like a fifth. But what type of team, right? Only a contending only a contender, team. Only the yeah, super only, contending only contender. team. Yeah. Because yeah, right, then, hey, he did he looked pretty solid in the uh divisional game there against uh Cincy. Yeah, I mean injuries were a huge concern. That was like you know the big thing, right? He, yeah, you know, so he didn't play many game, many snaps after he got injured in the at the beginning of the season. Yeah, sadly, I I think this is, I don't think this is the retirement of Julio Jones. He has thirteen point two dead cap for going into the next season, so they're not cutting him unless he retires. That you know they're going to be retaining that. But Julio Jones, one of the like all-time great fantasy football wide receivers and fantasy and just football wide receivers. So props to Julio, amazing career. But this time, I'm sorry, you will not be a part of any of my rosters. And all of you that do have Julio on your roster, I'm sorry you weren't able to trade earlier. Um, if you are a player that likes to see the all-time greats retiring your roster, which, well, well, you might as well keep them and just let them see if he bounces back and then just try to sell him at the beginning of the season. If he has a big game. I mean, honestly, that that's a really good point, right? It, you got to hope that he just stays healthy for the first three or four games and show something. And then, right. It could be like the Antonio Brown of this season. You could get a decent return for Antonio Brown, you know, halfway through the year or sorry, a piece. He got hurt shortly. And, but after the injury, when he started turning it on for those few games, when it came back. So that's actually, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad strategy. I'll take that. All right, we done with Tennessee? Yeah. All right. Do you want to start with what, Carson? Yeah, yeah. So Carson, quarterback 14, uh, 3,563 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 215 yards, one touchdown. He's a better fantasy quarterback than an NFL quarterback in my eyes. Um, I feel like people are still putting that MVP season 
as you know the pinnacle of Carson Wentz when really it was just an aberration. Yeah, I think it's fitting that we're talking about Carson Wentz after Ryan Tannehill because I feel like Carson is kind of like a younger version of Tannehill for fantasy. They are that um, very solid high-end QB2, low-end QB1 in fantasy that probably is better in fantasy than in the NFL. I mean, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions looks good on paper, but if you watch a lot of Indianapolis Colts games, um, I have a couple of fans that are diehard Colt a couple of friends that are diehard Colt fans, and and uh, they they are telling me how terrible Carson Wentz is, and I'm always telling them, but you know they're all right. They're, don't get me wrong; they need to replace Carson Wentz if they want to win playoff games. I just they don't see it the- happening this season. A lot of people are. Call- do Do you see Carson Wentz as the starting QB for 2022? If you lose to the Jaguars and a win and make the playoffs game, then you need a new quarterback and a new direction. I agree, but for me, it's when. Now. Fine. We if can, you if who? you lose to the Jaguars, the worst <laughs> team in the NFL, next to maybe the Texans, then you deserve to be fired. Okay, GM Robert, how do you address the quarterback situation for the international Colts? You're right, you're Chris Ballard. Again, how this is a who this do is do? a situation where you vastly overpaid an average quarterback. So you now have no ability to move on from Wentz because you paid way too much for an average NFL quarterback. So we talked offline, Robert and I, about the Carson Wentz cold situation. And I am not in a strong sense, but I'm on the other side of the fence. I think that Carson Wentz can be Jimmy Garoppolo, can be Ryan Tannehill, right? Jimmy Garoppolo has been to Super Bowl now. I don't know if uh, Frank Wright is, is the coach that Shanahan is, and I think that's a big part of it. But, like, you have a fantastic running back. You've got a good offensive line. The defense actually took a step back this year. I like Pittman. They need to get some more receiving weapons. First of all, I love Ballard. I have to talk about uh, Zach Ertz. Ballard is a fantastic champ, one of my favorite in the NFL. But how the heck did they not bring in Zach Ertz? Carson Wentz loves the tight end, not to mention he loves Zach Ertz specifically. In, or Arizona got... Hurts for what a fifth? They got him for super cheap. Yeah, you're willing to trade a first and a second for for Carson Wentz, but you won't give a fifth to support the guy. Like that is idiotic to me. So I'm not out on Carson Wentz as a. Um, I mean, the Colts can win their division at any point. It's not like they can't win the division. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, go too far out of the limb there and say, "Oh, they're they're going to be terrible next year." That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that the, they're the same boat as Tennessee. They're a high floor team and a low ceiling team. They're not going to win a title, and they're going to win. They might win their division, but they're not winning a title. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, they have to replace once, but I'm not doing it right now. Um, I'm going to let them play in 2022 um, because guess what? There is a zero dead cap if I want to cut Carson Wentz after 22. So. 
quite See, my wonder- issue though with with the trade really just comes down to you know if I don't like I hate when people bring when teams bring in these like young or the these like average NFL quarterbacks that are proven average rather than just going for the fence with the draft because your team you, you know you're you're a quarterback away like you know Indianapolis has been a, a quarterback away for like what ever since Andrew Luck retired so I I get that but who were they getting um at a quarterback Mac Jones their pick was traded for 2022 and Mac Jones was also taken before Indianapolis Colts' pick. You trade your 2021 first round pick and your 2022 first round pick. They and did not. you are in sh- right in the zone where you can draft either Justin Fields or Mac Jones in the teens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, hindsight is 2020, but uh, a lot of people across the NFL love to shit on uh, Mac Jones this time last year and even early April of last year. Sure. But what about Justin Fields? That was the draft darling. Yeah. I mean, Justin Fields, what was he taking? Uh, that was the giants pick that got traded to Chicago. Was that 12? Yep. And Chicago had to give them their first. I like, if I'm the right, if I'm Ryan pace, I would much rather the piece. Tony was taken. I think it was like 21. I would much rather 21 or whatever it was, 23, and the Chicago Bears first than Indy's first and first because I have way more faith in, in Indy being, winning games than Chicago. And, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that was true in this case. Well, so, yeah, obviously, you know, depending you, if you look at just the what was offered, you, you probably need to pay more if you're Indianapolis than what the Bears did to make it work. But, again, you know, right? you're not going anywhere with Carson Wentz. So at least try to get a rookie and see if maybe you can now go fat, go higher than, than what you were with Carson Wentz. No, I mean, Hey, I let's not get too far into the NFL live discussion. I, I do agree with your points in general. I just try to play devil's advocate for the most part. I think, I think we've talked about Carson Wentz enough. You ready to move on? Yeah. So we could go to Jonathan Taylor, who is the RB one. And I don't think you can say anything other than with Jonathan Taylor, other than the only even semi concern that I have is the insane workload he's already had from his college days. And now in the NFL, it's the only concern I have. So I have two thoughts about Jonathan Taylor. And uh, as you all get to know me, I am all about value, value, value. I do. I separate my NFL fandom and my fantasy football fandom. I care about value in fantasy football. I try not to lock on to players emotionally. So the question is, is Jonathan Taylor ever going to have this much value? Jonathan Taylor is, is, is not quite the CMC two years ago level, you know, gap between RB one and RB two, but there is no question in really anyone's mind that Jonathan Taylor's RB1. So what you can get back, I'm considering selling. But if I'm a if a, I'm a bad team and Jonathan Taylor is like the only good player I have, I'm definitely selling because running back years are just short. Can I get Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson for Jonathan Taylor? I would rather have both just because of the length of their careers. And in startup draft, you can't. This is the crazy thing. So this is my second point. 
in sleeper ADP right now, where do you think Jonathan Taylor is getting taken, Robert? If I had to guess, probably about 1.03 or 4 as a super flex draft. See, that makes sense. I'd still think for me, that's a little high. Jonathan Taylor is 101. Like, I, 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 I in a super flex, it is. I think it has to be like an error. I honestly don't understand. Yeah, I don't know you if that's have real. to take the QBs, but yeah. I, I assure you, I've looked at it the last three days just to make sure I'm not insane. So, yeah, I feel like you have to go Josh Allen or Patrick Holmes or Herbert. I, uh, Herbert has an argument, but I don't like that argument. But those three for me are obviously over Taylor. And then even after that, the Burrow, Kyler, and, and Lamar, I'm taking all of them over uh, Taylor too. But like at least there's an argument. But I'm like, excited for our inevitable argument about Justin Herbert next week. <laughs> good. Sounds good. Uh, a little teaser. Apparently, uh, Robert hates Justin Herbert. I don't hate him. But. <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, holy crap, right? We had that little moment there for like three or four weeks in the middle of his rookie season where he just like forgot how to run the football. He just kept running the back of their linemen and everyone was like, what is happening? You know, Naimin Hines was taking over. And then all he did is just set the world on fire for the last 24 games or whatever of his career. So, yeah, with that line, his volume, Jonathan Taylor, the really only question is for me, are you taking them? How many quarterbacks taken uh, over them in Superflex? And are they the first non QB go off the board and non Superflex? Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the first running back taken, especially first, probably the first non quarterback taken. I don't know. My this is my concern with with Jonathan Taylor is that I think maybe he has the same kind of thing that happened with Christian McCaffrey, and, and Jonathan Taylor is a bigger back than Christian McCaffrey. But I, I wonder. I worry that he's only got two, maybe two seasons, three seasons left at this production, which is still very, very valuable. Well, if that's the case, then you hundred percent keep them and play them it and keep them for at least one more full year, try and win a title, and then sell them at the same value. Because yeah, Jonathan Taylor turned twenty three in January two thousand twenty two. So when they're twenty four and they're still the RB one by a mile in scoring, they're still going to obviously be the RB one, you know, one. So yeah, I don't you, think there's this discussion about two to three years. You hundred percent should be holding unless you just totally need to rebuild. Yeah. I don't think there's a bunch of a discussion about what, if he's going to be useful in 2022, I think the discussion more becomes when is he not valuable? And I think that's a little bit closer than people may expect. Yeah. Well, I love him, and I only have uh, two shares across the uh, double-digit number of leagues that I have, and I'm holding on to him because I'm in a championship window for both leagues, so come and get him. You are going to have to pay through the nose, through the nose. So let's move on to Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. So Naheem Hines was the really solid option at least everybody thought in going into 2021 people thought he was going to be a ppr weapon he ended up only finishing as running back 49 with only 57 targets and marlon mack basically didn't play the entire season do you have any interest in these two guys at all i like naimin hines as you know bottom of my bench guy 
he's still young. He turns 26 uh, November 22. He's a really solid uh, pass catcher. Um, he's going to be on the team this year. Dead cap is is almost eight million for 22. I could definitely see him be a cap casually after that. There's two more seasons left on the contract. I remember reaching out to you as soon as Naheem Hines signed his extension and saying how terrible a, a deal that is, and it looks even worse now. Well, I think that's where you're doing is you were a lot of people were saying, oh, good deal, good deal. And you were saying, no, in one year and two years, everyone's going to say, what the heck were you thinking? And I agree. Bad deal. Um, but there was some really bad season fantasy wise for Heinz. And he was still RB 49. Obviously, that's terrible. You can't use them literally ever. But they've never missed a game in their four game career. Uh, they've been RB 27, 41, 15 and 49. In 2020, 15 was just because the pass catching was amazing with Philip Rivers just checking down all the time. But still, RB27 is a rookie. I think Hines, Hines is just one of those running backs that if you're a champion, uh, title contender, it's nice for them to be RB like six because there is a non zero percent chance that they become decently valuable. They can become. I don't know. They they can be a high in RB three. It's, it's but yeah. I, that's all I really have to say about Hines. Okay, uh, so let's move on to Pittman. Wide receiver, seventeen hundred twenty nine targets, eighty eight receptions, uh, one thousand eighty two yards, six touchdowns. He finally lived up to the potential that I saw last year, and he's a you know he's one of those solid options that you know he's gonna be he's gonna be a good I think wide receiver two for the rest of his career. The question now is how high does he go? You know, but just like AJ Brown and just like every other, every other top wide receiver quarterback, 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 how much does he actually improve upon his numbers this year with Carson Wentz as his quarterback? Yeah, I tend to agree. So what I don't understand is wide receiver 17 on the year, but their star ranking is 21. Now I know, Right, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins. You know there are a number of players that were hurt or missed time for whatever reason, or had quarterback being hurt or something. Right to explain that, but still, they turned 25 October 2022. They're going through the third season, and as a second year, they just broke out. They almost had 1,100 uh, receiving yards, like. To me, I, I had the exact same question written down. How much more can they produce? They've already proven to be a solid wide receiver, too. Can they be a wide receiver, one? And quarterback's a question. Do they need to have a really, really good QB? Or can just having an average QB, is that enough? So the biggest perk to buying Michael Pittman the upcoming free agents for the Colts on the offensive side of the ball include T.Y. Hilton, Mo Cox, Zach Paschal, and Marlon Mack. So you can very likely see a huge increase in targets for Michael Pittman next year, unless they draft a wide receiver. So if you can buy them for like, you know, a, a decent price, then you should probably you should you should do that. But I would just hold him. I would hold his value right now because I think he's gonna. This is gonna be around his value the entire rest of his career. Yeah, with Ty Hilton, I do think Ty comes back. There's 
um, only $2.3 million salary in 22. So for me, why not take an old T.Y. Hilton for $2.3 million? Like, it's just good value. It's not that he's a he's a, the same player he used to be, but he's a lot better than just about every receiver in the NFL getting paid $2.3 million. Well, he's not. That's a projection of what his value will be. Oh, you're he's not. He's not signed. He's an unrestricted free agent. Oh well, I'm I'm all screwed up then. Uh, that's my bad. Well, if uh, I think if Pascal and Hilton do leave, then it's almost inevitable that a free agent, a a quality proven free agent, or a top three round pick wide receiver will be joining the ranks. Uh, Pittman had on 29 targets this year. This is really solid. It's more than Jamar Chase. So his target volume was solid. The touchdowns were a little low. It's kind of another Cincinnati reference. It's like T. Higgins, six touchdowns. They're 6'4", 220. Why can't we get some more touchdowns? Especially when they all went to Jonathan Taylor. They all went to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to curse Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor is going to win me two leagues next year. But the Michael Pittman shares are sad, at least. But, uh... Yeah, I do want. I want to do another name game with Pittman. Okay. Who do you who do you prefer over Pittman? Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Elijah Moore. Well, so I'll preface Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, if I'm a contender. Okay, but Pittman otherwise. Yep. Okay, makes sense. How about Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Regardless. Contender. Contender. Okay. Same answer as Keenan. Okay. Yep. How about Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith. Mari Cooper. Michael Pittman. Ridley. That's a tough one. I mean, everything with Ridley's hard, you know. I, I would say Pittman is safer, and then I'd say Ridley's the boom. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so Elijah Moore and, Co- and Mari Cooper are the only ones being drafted after um, Pittman. So. Right there, I guess it sounds like he's he's uh, in a pretty solid spot. Um, all right. Do you have anything more on Pittman? I don't have anything else about any of these guys uh, for the at least for the wide receivers. You know, I think they they're all pretty much you know your average wide receivers. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see who comes back, who doesn't. All right. I do. I have nothing for the tight ends. I don't care. They're all old and they're not that good. One but name I, I think you wanted to bring up was Michael Shraken. Yes, I do want to bring up Stratton because I got them fifth round picks or even an, uh, as a non-drafted player post-rookie drafts last year in a lot of places. He's going in second season. He's an older player, seventh round pick out of University of Charleston. Turns 25 in August. So the question is, average quarterback, Seventh round pick, old, old second year player. Why do you want him? Only because of the physical characteristics. Michael Strachan. I apologize for messing up the name. He's a Division two player, but they're six five, two twenty six. They have a hundred and twenty seven inch broad jump. Just to give you some comparison to some other wide receivers in the league, AJ Brown has one twenty, Debo's one twenty two, DK's one thirty four. Terry McLaurin's 125, Miles Sanders 124, Deontay Johnson 123. So 127, that is phenomenal at broad jump. They have a 6.96 three cone. For a big person to be under seven 
seconds for a three cone, it's fantastic. Really, it's good for any receiver. But for that big of a receiver, it's phenomenal. Four, five, 40, and a 35-inch vertical, right? So this is 100% based off of their um, physical characteristics. They like they're on my taxi squad everywhere, and it's just a total long shot. But if you can pick them up for free, pick them up for free if it doesn't cost you an asset you want. That's all I got. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a long shot, but you know he's a he's something to look at at least. So, who do you have as the receiver opposite of Pittman in 2022? Do you think it's T.Y. Hilton? Do you think it's Paris Campbell? I think, think Campbell, it's a I think Campbell and Hilton are back. So I, I did glaze over Campbell. I do want to just mention him quickly. Uh, Campbell's very talented player, super fast. They're a four three speed. Um, they just can't stay healthy at all. They've played 15 games in three seasons. Like they have talent. They just have no ability to stay on the field. So um, as I'm bringing up taxi squad players to my roster here come the spring, it's going to be really hard to not cut Campbell on some rosters, which is sad. Yeah. Health is the big factor there, not performance. You want to go ahead and move on to the Texans now? Yeah. So let's start with the big question, and I think that's Deshaun Watson. So I'm not here to talk about the alleged crimes of Deshaun Watson. I'm here to discuss Deshaun Watson from fantasy football aspect. Firstly, okay. So Deshaun is turning 27 in September 22. So they still have like 10 years, you know, at least like seven years of really good play left. So for me, Sean Watson like seems to be seems like everyone's just assuming they're not going to be playing in 2022 for the most part in Dynasty. Like they're going so late in drafts. They were QB five three years in a row in their second, third, and fourth season. They tore their ACL first year after lighting the the uh this the league on fire for the first seven games. And 21 was their fifth season. So like all they've done is just produced with bad weapons sorry with one weapon right they had they had nuke hopkins and then they brought in brennan cooks so limited weapons with terrible offensive line play and an organization as a whole that's just a joke so to me i guess robert where do you see watson playing in 22 and you can answer that as I don't see him playing in 2022. That's the question, and that's the big question for everyone. So I think he will get traded, but I don't think he will at the same time. I think the Houston Texans organization is so bad and such a joke to the entire NFL that they're going to keep him just because. Oh, can you imagine? Even though they could get a king's ransom for Deshaun Watson, even if they just asked, lowered their asking price just slightly. And I don't get it. Why, why why keep him at this point? He's not playing for you. Your organization's a joke. So just rebuild it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Sell him. And honestly, just sell him for whatever you can get if you're the Houston Texans. Because he's not going to ever play for you. Like, I don't feel this is the Aaron Rodgers situation where Aaron Rodgers says, I'm never going to play here again. And then he comes and plays here. No, it's not. I he, don't he proved not it this year. 
I don't think Deshaun Watson is ever going to play. Yeah, he proved it. He literally just proved it. He didn't play a single snap. (laughs) And that wasn't because he was suspended either. No, he was not suspended. He was not on the exempt list. The organization didn't tell him to not come. He was the... He was the scout safety in uh, training camp. Like he was in training camp. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a joke. But and, they finally wise so it up and said, "I would for fantasy though. I would say, I would say you should if you can get them for a good price, you should buy them just because you know it's a decent stash. And it, but really, like if you have Deshaun Watson, just keep him. Just keep him and hope he plays. You know, you're already he's already like." You can't drop them, and you can't really sell them for anything good, so just keep them. Yeah, I mean, unless you think his career is over, of course you have to hold and potentially buy. He's only—he's not even 27. So next year he's going to be going on 28. So if you get Deshaun Watson going on 28, you're going to get five, eight really good seasons. So for me, I think Deshaun Watson's a huge buy. I'd love to see him go to like, you know, San Francisco or Denver or New Orleans. And New Orleans is just purely for personal reasons, but um Carolina would be a good option too. Hey, there's I a really lot of really like good it. options. Yeah. I'm I mean Miami seemed like the obvious one and then they got rid of Flores. So who knows? I do think they get moved. Because I don't think even Houston can be so dumb to let him just sit on the bench getting paid for another year. So I love this name game, looking at players. I would love to do it again with Watson. So would you rather have Mac Jones? I'm going to just preface every single name is going to be I would rather the other person because I don't think he's going to play again. So we don't even really need to play the name game. because Wow. Okay. Easy enough. So you don't think he's ever playing again? I think... I think he won't play again in 2022, and then I think he's going to have to wait till his contract's over. And by that point, he's going to be out of the league so long that it's going to be very questionable for me whether he's able to come back and play the same. So he's not a understood free agent until after the 2026 season. So if you don't think that he's going to play, see the field till 2027, well, I mean, he, he you might have to sell like, them for you know, literally anything yeah. you can get if. You know, if he I, I, he might get traded in twenty three, but I just don't I don't know. I just like I'm like man, I I don't see how the dumpster fire that is Houston trades Deshaun Watson with. I mean, because they literally just proved it last year that they're perfectly fine with him sitting on the bench and collecting money. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't agree. I think that he's gone. I think that he will be traded before the NFL draft for test twenty two. But no no nay game really required. You know, if you don't think that's the case, so and it's or, it's, it's tough though because obviously, like you know, you want and that's why I say just hold him because you know, if he does get traded, you have a legitimate quarterback one. If you don't, if he doesn't get traded, well, I mean, <laughs> you still have a very good asset on your bench that if he ever does get traded, will immediately become another quarterback one. But I wouldn't buy him. Fair enough, I'm buying him. QB 15 startup. I'm buying them. All right. Are you ready to move on to the other quarterbacks that sort of have name value? Well, I think the only one with name value is Davis, David Mills, Davis Mills. Yeah, I, I agree. Someone would say Tyrod, but I, I think that's ridiculous. So Mills, you, you think they have some name value? How much value? 
I mean, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be replaced within a year or two. Do you think that there's a solid chance they're the starting quarterback for 2022? Yeah, I would say so. I don't think there's any reason you should you should draft one if you're so. My issue with Houston in general and with anybody in this list, I don't know who starts in 2021 or 2022 because I don't know what the joke of an organization is going to do. What if they trade Brandon Cooks? So you, what if they what if they trade everybody? I just don't see Houston as this joke of an organization. This is not good old boy Bill running. Uh, running the show anymore. I think, uh, how do you say it? Is Nick Casarius? It's not It's not that. That's not the aspect that I think people, that I'm concerned with. It's the owner. The owner? I don't know. Like, I I think it was probably the owner that fired the coach, which that does tend to go towards Joe. Because I thought winning, what did they win, four games with this roster and being competitive in a lot of games? I thought that was have great coaching job for a first time head coach. Um, I think it's worth saying that every single person that's been decent for this organization has wanted out. Yeah. I mean, including Brandon cooks, he Brandon cooks also said he wanted out middle of the season. I get it, but there could, there's definitely an argument that was because of uh, Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien, I think clearly drove at least nuke out of town. Um, so JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks all are because of Bill O'Brien, even though he was gone. I'm pretty sure Bill O'Brien left after the, all that. No, At he least was out before JJ, because JJ he no he JJ Watt was after that. Free. JJ Watt was after that. You're right, because the question was, hey, with the rebuild. I mean, JJ Watt makes perfect sense. Why would you want to stick around? He's an old player. The team's obviously not competing, regardless of what coach. And GM they brought in, so I mean, I mean that makes sense to me. But no, I I understand what you're saying. All right, um, there's only turn. one person I want on this roster in Who? fantasy. That's Brandon Cooks. That's the most correct answer there is. So I'm actually going to give you a stat for Brandon Cooks. He has finished above Amari Cooper in every season but one. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah. 2019. And that was the year that Brandon Cooks was hurt. Yeah, he had the weird – that was the concussion year, the weird, is he going to retire year. But, yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks is fantastic. He's six 1,000-yard seasons in their career. And they did that with Tyrod Taylor and Brandon – and sorry, yeah. and uh, Davis Mills this year. The only season where he finished worse than wide receiver 20 was that same season with L.A. Yeah, and he's doing this with all different teams. He's played in four teams. Yep. Buy, buy, buy. And it should be cheap. He's he's wide receiver 39 in a startup. So this is – I think Brandon Cooks is Robert Woods two years ago, you know, where they're going to have really solid wide receiver two numbers, and they're just always undervalued. I mean, obviously the question mark too is, you know, the, the, the offense is a joke. The, the organization's a joke. The roster's a joke. So, you know, the question is, you know, how much does he do it again? And I think he is because, you know, I don't, I don't see any other people really taking taking it from him. Yeah, I mean, so I actually have a, have more faith in Mills than you do. I don't like Mills past 2022, um, but I think Mills will be the, tw- the 22 starter. 
So they are yeah, he, a yeah, he's going to be the twenty two starter. Yeah, sure. I never said he wouldn't be the twenty twenty two starter. He's he's absolutely going to start in twenty twenty two, and then I think they're going to let they're going to draft a top wide top quarterback in twenty twenty three when yeah. they inevitably have a top five pick. Yep. Yeah, I think they're going for the twenty twenty three slash twenty four sweepstakes. PS twenty and that's smart. PS twenty two is not good. If please don't take QB this year, that would. If they take a QB this year, you'll have no argument for me about their competency. At least if they take one, you know, in the first or second round. Um, they do have a lot of draft capital. At least that's, that's a you know that's a good thing. Um, they have two thirds, uh, three sixes. They don't have their fifth, and then they have everything else. So you know, it's so it's a it's a good stock. Um, you know they. They don't have a running back currently on the roster that I would really say is like worth anything. I agree. Um, you know, they 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 don't have a great tight end. Um there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes. And and that's my thing really with this entire division is just like there's a lot of holes with some of these teams. And, you know, there's a couple stars, but there's really just a lot of holes all over the place. And and you know, there's not really that many fantasy assets, especially now that we've gotten past the Jonathan Taylors, Michael Pittman's of the world. Yeah, and Derrick Henry's, AJ Brown's. I do have a little bit of love for Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. How about you? You don't want anything a little, to him? a little bit, a little bit. Um, and that's you know, very I, little. I'm talking light round picks to acquire. No, no more yeah. than a fourth. Yeah, I mean Nico and and Brevin. You know, Brevin. I I have less. I was really big on Brevin when he first came out, but he hasn't really produced. Um. He showed and, flashes, and as a rookie, yeah. that's enough for me for a tight end, especially on such a terrible team. To just show flashes, that's enough. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still, you know, monitoring. I'm certainly not all in, but I'm monitoring, and I'm. Yeah, I think I think both of them are at least like solid options to watch. Um, and if you can stash them in your taxi squad, that's like best case scenario. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. But you know, it's not. They're not something that's going to win you a championship or anything like that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's all I really have for Houston. You got any yep. last uh, comments? No, now we go to the real joke. The jokes <laughs> of the jokes. And is that the Trevor Del- Trevor Lawrence battle royale between me and you, or is that just the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are, okay, okay, good. <laughs> as much as I hate Houston and I think they're a joke, <laughs> Jacksonville, literally they had cloud masks on so their fans literally wore clown masks but the funniest part was is they then won yeah like and almost tried to give away 101 in the nfl draft it was like it was like the jets a few years ago right where they were just they were so bad as an organization that they couldn't even be bad yeah they didn't even know how to tank yeah oh lord so let's start with Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence, quarterback 23, 36, 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, uh, 334 yards rushing, two touchdowns rushing. The head coaching hire is what really matters here to me. Um, and I know you you think that I have this like huge hatred for Trevor Lawrence. I just don't think he's going to be a elite, elite quarterback. I think he's going to be an average to above average quarterback in the NFL. Because I don't think, and, and I think, and I brought this up to you in the draft, he didn't improve a single year at Clemson, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, we've talked long, long number of hours about Trevor Lawrence, and I, I guess that's the first time you've actually said that—that that you don't hate Trevor Lawrence. You just don't think he's going to be this generational t- quarterback the way people say they were as a talent. So that makes me feel a lot better, and I feel you're you uh, are a lot more sane than I had recently thought. 
about uh, your Trevor Lawrence takes. So I can see that. Like, I would be not surprised at all if they never win a Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of talented QBs never win a Super Bowl. But, like, even if they don't have a very lot of playoff wins, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I just think I just think with Trevor Lawrence, it's just the improvement. You know, he he never really improved from year one to year two to year three. And so I really do. It, it really is concerning to me. I feel like a lot of the numbers in his that that were against him this year were mostly due to just the ineptitude of the organization. But at the same time, you know, he did have James Robinson, um, and James Robinson only had 46 targets. I think Trevor Lawrence is in the same boat as Zach Wilson for me in terms of he needs to learn how to dump the ball off. A big part of that was the inept organization, though. They were starting uh, what the heck's his name? They were they they were. Uh, playing James Robinson as a backup there for a little bit until Trevor Lawrence finally came out and put uh, Urban on blast. Yeah. And it, I think the biggest thing with, with the whole Jaguars organization is you pick Travis Etienne in the first round when you already had James Robinson, Carlos Hyde. I'm sorry. I just had to say that I had to look him up. I was having a total moment. Carlos Hyde. They're playing Carlos Hyde over James Robinson. So like, yeah. Anyways, Okay, so yeah, so the so Travis Etienne, uh, let's kind of just talk about him briefly. So he, so James Robinson torn his tore his Achilles. So there's so there's huge question marks there. Travis Etienne also missed the entire season with a Liz Frank injury. This backfield now enters with a massive question mark. Liz Frank injuries aren't necessarily the easiest for a running back to come back from, and a torn Achilles is also not like. Historically, Cam Akers is obviously the big like name that just just did it, but usually you don't come back from a torn Achilles all that effectively. Well, Deonta Foreman also gave a little hope on that this year as well. So it it seems right. Even six I think months ago, system Achilles well. I think... was like a death sentence. You know, it was ACL in nineteen ninety. It yeah, I think like I think it, the 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 I think the Dante Foreman thing. I think that was mostly just because of the system that they run there. Um, he was still effective, though, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, he was effective, but I don't think I. I what I'm saying though is, I I think we need to pump the brakes on Dante Foreman. Oh, I don't get me wrong. He's uh he's a backup at best. He's a handcuff. Um, but I'm just saying the fact that he's able to overcome the injury and play meaningful time and produce is. is makes me happy so i will say first of all let me preface this i am not a doctor but i have listened to doctors that talk about the uh cam Akers achilles repair apparently uh he did a completely revolutionary procedure they so the way the doctor explained it is that uh repairing a torn achilles is like trying to sew two mop heads together the way they used to do it is they would try and sew strand by strand by strand of the mop head. And as you can imagine, that would, you know, sounds kind of difficult. The new strategy is, at least the way they did with Acres, is they take like the butt of the mop head, the piece that like holds all the strings together, and they basically mash those together, sew that together, and then like weave all of the mop strands in around. My point is, is potentially we've gotten medically to a point where they Achilles is not quite the death sentence anymore. Hopefully, obviously we'll see. So question marks are definitely still there, but my point is don't give up on James Robinson. 
the way a lot of people did with Akers. Well, Travis Etienne coming back is also a a factor in that because he's going to take touches from James Robinson. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Travis Etienne was absolutely productive. He's one of the best ACC running backs ever. Uh, they are smaller back, two hundred fifteen pounds, five ten. Uh, they have good speed. Honestly, they tested poorer than I thought. Right, everyone thought they were going to be like a four three sub a four three runner. They were a mid four fours runner. Um, right back to that broad jump. They were one twenty eight broad, so they were really really quite athletic. Um, thing I like about ETN: great contact balance, especially for a smaller guy. Um, and they really improved as a pass catcher their final season in college. So. I like ETN as a prospect, but it's just hard for those players that miss their entire rookie year to know what to do with them. I'm holding if I have them. Uh, I think it's probably pretty hard to acquire them because anyone that has them still is kind of like J.K. Dobbins. Like If you held out through the whole year of an injury, you're probably a really hard truther. So it's hard to pry it from them. I just I think this whole backfield is going to be a downgrade for me next year. You know, we'll see what happens when they come back and and training camp. I, I would hold out until closer to mini camp and training camp to see like kind of how that backfield stake uh, shakes out. Yeah, I could see that. All right, so you glazed right over Trevor Lawrence generational superstar talent. So I have to go back. For me, Trevor Lawrence is tough because you almost assuredly picked him one one in a super flex league. Um. And you almost just have to like throw out year one because the organization, the team was just such a mess with Urban Meyer this year that you can't really trust this year as evaluation. I mean, they showed flashes like, hey, they ended the last game of the year with arguably their best game of the season. Um, they had their big player, right? He's 6'6". He's what, 245? Maybe not quite that heavy, probably 230. Um, but he can run. He had over 300 rushing yards. Um, thing is, is like, unless Trevor Lawrence blows up next year, like, I feel like we're going to be in the same kind of spot next year. So it's almost like next year will be the rookie season and we're going to have to be like, okay, all right. Like we, we saw promise. I'm hoping, right. That Trevor Lawrence throws for 4,200 yards, rushes for nearly 500 and, you know, really cuts down on the turnovers. Um, but I agree the coach is going to be a big part. Not only do they need to get more playmakers and more protection for Lawrence, but I really want to see who the OC slash head coach is. I want to see more improvement, period. And that's kind of my point about evaluating. You know, like I, I almost just throw this one out the, out the, the window. I throw it in the trash because, like, I can't evaluate this season. Like, I don't know what am I evaluating. Am I evaluating that a team can absolutely – ruin a player's ability to perform or am i evaluating that a really talented player did underperform greatly so i i really hope there's improvement but if they have a similar season next year like i'm still going to be holding on and saying okay this is basically year one right i mean zach wilson had a very similar season and you yourself are even high in him, right? Because you're like, hey, you're one, okay. He showed some moments. Let's see what he can do. You know, that's basically what I would feel next season if Lawrence has the same year again. You got anything else? I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything else for Lawrence. Um, 
Yeah, that's fine. I mean, so they're QB 10. Um, let's real quick do a name again. QB 10, startup draft. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers? Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't want Trevor Lawrence at all. Uh, I guess I'll take Trevor Lawrence over that situation, though, just because Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Okay. How about Justin Fields? <sighs> see, these are like... I, I see Tr- Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are my two least favorite prospects. Or no, I guess Trey Lance was my least favorite prospect from the class. But Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were my two most hyped prospects that I didn't like uh, in terms of, you know, I thought a lot of people were overhyping him a lot. So I don't want either of them. So can I just say none? I don't think that's how the name game works, but Uh, I'll move on. I guess I'll go to Trevor Lawrence with that. If I can't say none, then I'll go with Trevor Lawrence. Okay. How about Stafford? I'd say Stafford. How about Russell Wilson? I'll take Russell Wilson. Okay. How about, how about Jalen Hurts? I'd take, I take Trevor. Uh, I take Trevor, but I would want Jalen Hurts at a pick over Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. So Hurts was the only one of those QBs that is being taken above Trevor Lawrence right now in startup. So I actually agree with all of those. I would rather have Trevor over Hurts, Fields, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And that's just because Aaron Rodgers might retire. So I'll take the much, much younger player. And even if Rodgers plays, you know, two more years, I'm still going to go with Lawrence. But Safford and Russ, they're younger. They're the same age. I believe they're 33, maybe 34. They're going to play for another two, three years, give you QB1 numbers. I do think Justin Fields has a chance of being a really good quarterback asset in fantasy. I just don't think he's going to be able to be like a superstar in the NFL. Um, and the same thing with Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts is this very, very good fantasy player. But at the same time, unless he improves as a passer, which I think is possible, then I think you're kind of looking at... I think Trevor Lawrence is a better option if you consider those two things. Yeah, I i don't have too much to add. So let's go into the receivers. Um, so the biggest disappointment, I think, is LaVisca Chenault. He had... 99 targets this year, 63 receptions, 619 yards, zero touchdowns. I think this is probably the biggest. I think he was probably the the biggest disappointment in the entire division in terms of what people expected him to do this season. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were having LaVisca as a wide receiver too this season. I thought that was much. I thought they were... So LaVisca's issue for me has always been injuries. They've actually haven't had too many injuries in their career, only three games missed in two seasons. But in college, they were just always hurt. Like it seemed like every fifth play, he had to like limp off to the sideline and miss a series. I mean, he even got hurt running the 40-yard dash at the combine. So like they're super talented. They're 6'1", 230, and they're wicked dynamic. Like, I, I just really, think he's a gadget. He's just yeah. a gadget player. He, if you put him with Josh McDaniels or Sean Payton, Kyle Shanahan, you know these Sean McVay, these really smart offensive minds, I think they'd be really effective. But so that's I guess that falls back to the whole thing with Trevor. Like I want to see who their head coach S O C is. Like I guess if they get, if Dayball goes there, like. 
that would be pretty exciting. Dable's done some good things in Buffalo, but like then again, it's like is Dable a great candidate because Josh Allen's there and making them look amazing, or are they actually a great OC? So I don't know. Um, the thing is, the price isn't very high. It's only wide receiver forty-eight um, in startup. They just were wide receiver forty-five. So and they had zero touchdowns at that. And they only have 41 rushing yards, right? So for me, like... Well, part of that, though, too, is because of how... Because DJ Shark played three games. He had a huge target share in those three games, but he didn't have much success catching them. Um, but he's leaving in 2022 for free agency. So, you know, you could throw those first three games out the window. But if you look at it, other than that, it's just Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. Pretty much is the only two options. So I think you can kind of say that maybe that's like his max target and maybe they need to get another receiver. Now, if they don't get another receiver in free agency, then, then we need, then we can have a discussion about LaFisca Chenault as like a, a very good buy, but I don't see how you can with the draft capital that they have and the holes that they have, that they can't go wide receiver, especially since, you know, you just drafted Trevor Lawrence 1.01. So get him some weapons. So I guess this is the question. What should they do at 101? I would trade it. I like that. If you don't if trade you don't it, have, Yeah, if you don't have... If, you're if taking you don't that need a quarterback... Pick, what do you want, though? If you don't need a quarterback, you need to trade 1.01 nine days out of... Nine times out of ten. Well, this is the tenth out of those tenth times, though, because the QB is not going there. What I'm saying is that you should be the one trading in that situation. Um, the thing is, is who's coming up? I don't want anybody at 1.01. That's kind of my point, is who wants to go to the 101. I think you just take whoever you can get. Just trade back, just to trade back. I mean... And even if it's only a few spots. That's my point, though, like... Other than that, though, like, if you had... If I, like, when you had to take somebody, I'd take Evan Neal. Yeah, I feel the same. Take Neal. And then hope somebody's available at 2.01 that that you like at wide receiver. I wouldn't even go two and one. I don't think I'd go wide receiver. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it, it obviously there is going to be some really nice receiver two one, but like they have so many other holes that I would try and get DJ Shark on a low, like a one year deal, um, just coming off the injury and having a very um, up and down se- career so far. Only had the one really productive season. You hope you can retain him for one year. Keep Jones. Keep Lavisca. That's it. It's not good by any means, but it's okay as a wide receiver core. And then I would try to attack wide receiver in 23 and 24, personally. I feel Marvin Jones has been underrated for so long in fantasy. Yeah, he had 120 targets this year. 73 receptions, 832 yards, four touchdowns. And I, I don't see any situation where he leaves, and I don't see any situation where he doesn't enter number one. 2022 is the top wide receiver. I mean, he's old. He's he turns thirty two in March. Yeah, that's a long time though. Next year, oh, like, I think he's a pretty year, solid he, option. Like he's not, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. The last two years, he's played every game. This is his last five finishes in fantasy. Wide receiver ten, wide receiver sixty three. He only played nine games that season. Wide receiver twenty eight, only played thirteen. Wide receiver eighteen and wide receiver thirty three. Like he's been very productive. Um, Unless they do bring in serious wide receiver targets, but even if they do a rookie, unless it's unless it's with that first or second pick, which it's it's not going to be the first pick, unless they trade back. So I guess it it could be. Um, 
So unless it's a top 40 wide receiver, I think there's very little chance that as a rookie they're going to be demanding a huge target share. So I think for a contending team, Marvin Jones is a really solid buy again. They should just be a really good depth piece. Their wide receiver is 74 in startup. Like in a startup, that makes sense, right? As a contend in a in a league, it's going to cost a little more for them naturally because they're going to be on a contenders team. But like they're going to be a wide receiver 40 overall or something next year, most likely. Like that's valuable, you know. Like as long as you're in a deeper league. So what about Dan Arnold? I actually like Arnold as a as a very late sleeper tight end. They were seemed to have a pretty good connection with Lawrence. They were getting um they were getting solid target share. They had so in our standard league of a three quarter of a point tight end premium, so one and a half or sorry, one point seven five points per reception for tight ends, he was averaging eleven points per game the first nine weeks and then they ended up getting an mcl injury then in their season um but they're a young player they they turned 27 in march uh they still have one more year in jacksonville like i like arnold as a like ultra low buy heck you could probably get him in a free off the waiver wire in a, in a handful of leagues like they have some chance of being something like so yeah I'm kind of interested enough that I'm actually willing to talk about him for more than five seconds. Darren Arnold dropped a touchdown pass in the NFC Championship game against the Rams that would have won the Saints that game. I hate Dan Arnold. <laughs> uh, Moving on. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will never be a Dan Arnold truther <laughs> after that. That is too funny. I didn't even realize that. All right, so no, no Dan Arnold for Robert. Well, I don't even know. I didn't, I didn't even look up his numbers. I just literally wrote on my notes that game. All I wrote was I hate Dan Arnold. <laughs> All right. Well, unless we want to talk about draft picks for Jacksonville, that's really all I have for the FC South. Yeah, I don't think there's much else to talk about. You want to give everybody a preview of what to expect uh, next episode? Yeah, so we're going to do our final AFC episode next week. Uh, we're going to talk about the AFC West. Quite a bit more exciting than this uh, division that we just did. I just, while I have everyone, while I have the, the command of the podcast, I just want to thank everybody that's listening. Uh, we've been getting a really good response. Like we've, from our weeks one to two actually grew almost by 100% in our uh, listenership, which is amazing. Uh, one thing I want to ask everyone, wherever you're listening to us, can you please give us a rating or review? Apple Podcast, Spotify, if you're on Google Chrome, whatever, can you please do that? Because that really helps um, with algorithms through those programs get us seen um, when people search fantasy football and, and different things. Please give us a rating or review. Uh, it really helps us a lot. Uh, get us get at us on Twitter. Uh, we would love to really have an open dialogue with our listeners. You can find me at Eric underscore Bubblehead on Twitter. And you can find the podcast at, at Bubblehead FFB. Uh, you, can dire- you can directly tweet me um, or the podcast and we'll, list- we'll respond and give you our thoughts. Just want to thank everyone again for listening to us. Really humbled by this. Uh, Robert, you got anything? Yes, yeah, so we have both of our names, our Twitter handles under the Bubblehead 
uh, Twitter account. So if you do need to find either of us, uh, don't hesitate to look on there as well as I also want to make sure everybody's aware we're doing two episodes next week. Uh, so we're doing the senior bowl as a bonus episode. So we're going to do an immediate reaction to the senior bowl immediately following the game. So we're hoping to have that out first thing Saturday or first day Sunday morning. So um, we'll really looking forward to that episode. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be our first uh, dive into some of the rookies for 2022, but just a really raw uh, take of our immediate thoughts post Senior Bowl. Please uh, keep coming back, listening. We're having a great time. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate this. Well done. Yeah. All Hope right. everybody has a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye.